Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio, and I am your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, coming at you live from Las Vegas with good news and bad news if necessary. This is the place to be and to get heard right here on Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on BTR. Calling at this call in number of 347 884 That number again is 347 884 And the guest call in number, if you don't have a phone or your phone is tallying up, you can call toll free 877 483 3153. Again, 877 483 3153. And the subject for today is what we call it's our business to tell your business and child support news. It's election time, and we're having a dialogue about the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act and does everyone deserve to be called out of their name? That is something to think about. However, we do have an awesome show for you, and we have a guest on our show, and his name is A.C. Hales, President of Family First International, better known as FFI. He will be talking with us and educating us on why it is important to be educated about child support and why we should be in support of decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors and why it is important to have this dialogue about the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act during this election time. And while we are here, if you have any questions, comments, or views on this particular show we are having, please feel free to voice your opinions. They are very, very welcome. Call in again at this call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And I am going to call in our guest of the show, and I want to know if Brother A.C. Hales, are you on the line? Brother Alpha, are you online? Hello, are you online? Okay, he is not online at this time, so I will go into some of the dialogue to get you updated until he gets on. And uh, I will put down here on why he is here to uh, talk about this. We uh, have this issue. It's election time, and it's time for a new president. And arise uh, to arise on this subject, needs looking into to uncover does everyone that pays into child support fall under the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act? And what are some of the issues in child support that need officials' attention? One of those are to demarcate the difference between decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligors and deadbeat parent obligors. That's how we're going to put that when paying child support, okay? To find another way to find how to keep this act from violating underneath the constitution of the cruel and unusual punishment and involuntary 
servitude. We call that slavery. So I am going to uh, call in my brother under uh, under this call and see what is available. And I am having some trouble already in the land, but hold still and let me see if I can get uh, my brother online here. Just a second here. Brother Alpha, are you available? Brother Alpha? Brother Alpha, are you here? All right, let's go. Let's see here. Where are you? Okay, let me look here. Just a second. Brother Alpha, are you online? Brother Alpha, are you online? Hello, Brother Alpha. No, this is not Alpha. Okay, Brother Alpha is not online at the moment. Just a second here. Oh, he is not online. Brother Alpha, are you online? Brother Alpha, speak up. Brother Alpha, here he goes. Just a second here, finally. Brother Alpha, are you online? Yes, I'm right here with you, Sister Wendy. All right. Okay, it is good to hear from you. I was calling out your name, and I did not see you amongst all of the uh, callers that is here, but I'm glad to have you online. Thank you for calling in. How are you you doing today? Welcome to Lardy, Miss Clardy and Company on BTR. Brother Alpha? Yes, I'm I'm right here. Okay. Well, we're going to start it off. Why is it so important to have this dialogue about the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act during election time? Well, from uh, what I've gathered from the masses, we're all in hopes that they'll hear the cries of the masses that's been going through these issues and Possibly the elected official will take up this plight and do something worthwhile with it by way of allowing the obligors, the custodial parents, and the children to be able to live in a happy medium state of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because right now the way that everything is and the way that everything has been Everything has been so topsy-turvy, and this has been a very hectic year for myself as well as the organization because of so many child support, domestic violence-related cases, as well as the murder cases and what have you. And what, yes. is, big with, what is big with me personally is the uh, Walter Scott family over in South Carolina where mm-hmm. uh, the uh, officer... Slager that gunned Walter Scott down, and uh, that's going to stay with me uh, for a period of time for the mere fact that everyone, they weighed in on it, and that's a a good sign that at least they were able to see uh, the injustices of of what happened. They chalk it up as uh, murder and Black Lives Matters and what have you, mm-hmm. but what they yes, what yes. they failed to make mention on is at the root of it all, what was the true cause that ignited the murder? 
which which stems from uh, child support and that okay. bench warrant. And the thing is, is we have to deal with certain things at the root of it all and stop talking this, and I said this many times before, we have to stop talking child support at the surface level. You know, if you plant, if you if you grow a tree and you plant an apple tree, I want to see apples grow. I don't want to uh, plant it and then you say how beautiful it is, but it grew oranges. You know what I mean? So stop talking uh-huh. to me about everything from the uh, the surface level. We got to dig deeper and talk this thing just the way it was established at, from the root. Okay, and well, start with that. What is at the root? Start with that. Let's look at the root. What's going on at the root? Well, well, even at a lot of times where people always talk about, and they're still caught up with the Bradley Amendment, the Bradley Amendment, Bradley Amendment, that's, you're not even touching the surface. you got to go deeper than that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the origin of this thing still stems from, if you look at the Debbie Parent Punishment Act, which facilitates mm-hmm. a lot of these damage damage results. Mm-hmm. But that stems from how they would go back and say uh, the lady that had the baby, then the man, more than likely, you know, being contractors or what have you, so they got the money. A lot of them made money under the table. But the bottom line, they didn't want to support the kids, so they came up with this uh, uh, punishment law that will go ahead and chase after, and they named it, uh, you know, form fitting, according to the legislators. They're chasing deadbeats. Deadbeats at the time was men that didn't want to support their kids, and uh, they they drafted up the laws accordingly. That this is how we're going to deal with those kind of men. But uh, all that's changed now. You know, you no longer just have the men. You got the women too. Uh, I've never been one that's been very big on calling people out of their names. Uh, There's another name that you could have uh, put on this piece of policy, Uh, but they they made it form-fitting according to themselves that labeled it, called them deadbeats. Okay, no problem. That's that's easy to deal with. But at the root of it all, it still comes down to support and money, and the problem that I have with that, Sister Wendy, is you place the financial hardship in writing on so many uh, parents, rather good or bad, and you want them to hold true to it. But like I say, this has been a very rough year for uh, myself in this organization because our case load, which comes which comes from all over, and so we get so many stories and what have you, and trying to deal with, um, you know, one person at a time. But well, let's ask this it's, t- it's, it's tough to say it's tough to say pay something and you don't have the ability to pay because you don't have the income. Yes. Let's 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 go here. Does let's talk about the Debbie Parent Punishment Act. Does that act violate the Constitution under the cruel and unusual punishment and involuntary servitude, which we would call it slavery this day? Does that act violate the Constitution? 
Well, from what I know to be, it, it is does have its violations in there. Yes. But again, you know, what doesn't? I mean, if you want to talk about violations, what doesn't? I'm not concerned about I mean, there's, the, there's people that are going to jail behind this deadbeat parent punishment act. We're talking about the decent people that we are to support. And, you know, we're we're wondering how do we defeat this 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 monster that's going on in the grassroots communities in in every on every level that is. So, you know, I, I don't I don't mean to interject and and bring this out, but I need to. You know, this forum that uh that we are all on is not a forum where we're bashing you know the uh, the corporates for their efforts in trying to bring about a good uh, a good thing when they came up with all these policies and procedures dealing with child support and you know uh, uh, non custodial parent obligors, but but because that you know it has now reached to the point where people are getting hurt lives are in jeopardy, people are, their children are dying and different things, and that's been a long time coming from 1996 to 2015, and now we're at the edge now where we need to find a way to get them to come to some kind of thought process to stop making money off of everybody and and pull back the reins to start looking at this Debbie Parent Punishment Act and try to reform it. This is what, you know, this is where I am with this subject and um, and wanting to know, you know, your personal stance on this thing with you. You have been involved, you know, with the system just like I have uh, paying child support and how does it make you feel, Brother Hales, uh, uh, seeing all of this happen? Well, after interviewing several people and Seeing where they are and where they were, um, there's been several different people that had finally come to the admitting state that they were not the best parent when the child was first conceived, but over the many of years where they were able to build and continue to have a relationship mm-hmm. with the child, they see mm-hmm. how important it was to go ahead and be in that child's life and support the child to the best of their ability. But by the time they tried to play catch-up with themselves to find themselves, the the court and support enforcement, that bill kept ticking, if you know what I mean. So when you go ahead and you're at a certain dollar amount and you're looking at, oh, boy, this is going to weigh heavily over me for the rest of my days and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm in my child's life. So what what I've always proposed is that, uh, support enforcement should take in consideration that, you know, through uh, a form of mediation, give the custodial parent more opportunity to weigh in uh, on the good side of that parent, as well as they right. listen to, other, as well as they listen to the bad side of the, the custodial parents. Take in mm-hmm. consideration mm-hmm. that when that custodial parent says, "Hey." He is a good guy, or if the guy has the kids and he's saying she's a good lady, take that in consideration. If they say, right. uh, I no longer want 
the money. Uh, we 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 haven't had the money for a period of time, and we we're, we're doing we've been doing fine, and we're still doing fine. So yes. go ahead and cancel out the debt. If that's something that hits the table, then let that process take place. But let it be said and done and agreed upon amongst the parents. And support enforcement should not have their hand in doing anything otherwise outside of that because they're yes. going to continue to always plead the case that, well, we're collecting the money for the uh, greater good of the child, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the truth of it all. Yes, it is factually that they're doing one thing. They are collecting the money. <laughs> we can see that. But That's right. They're the collecting the money. Is it for the best interest of the child? Uh, I've heard and no. seen otherwise. So, absolutely. Uh, there's, there's just certain things that they should, I, I, and, and I'm just, you know, uh, going out on a limb here, trying to be the good guy, stand up for him to some degree. I'm just saying that support enforcement should should really stand up and recognize you should have better sense than to continue to defend against bad policy. There's enough people that has worked in support enforcement as well as, well, and a matter of fact, there's a lot of them that's still there. They know that every one of those cases that has handled, it has not been handled, you know, according to its best results. And because if, if it has, and if, if, if it has been handled, at best result, more and more people would be banging down the doors of support enforcement saying, let me in so I can handle my case instead of running from them. Okay. Well, let's put it like this. Let's ask this question to you. Let's ask this question. Uh, Explain to us what is that Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act really all about? Explain to us what it is about that Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act that separates all the rest of the acts that they have put into place different. Well, the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act, which is nothing nice because it allows for parents that travels interstate going between uh, from state to state, it sets them up. It sets the parents up to some degree because, say, for instance, if you go – you leave uh, the state that you were born and raised in, and now all of a sudden you're going over to the state, uh, a couple states over, what have you. According to the Debbie Parent Punishment Act, if you are behind uh, one year, $5,000, you can get arrested. You're behind two years, $10,000, you can also get arrested. Uh, the first offense is a misdemeanor. Second offense is uh, a criminal felony. You know, so it's, it's nothing nice. And it, right. it, no, it's it, not. It, it allows for the arrears to become first and foremost recognized to validate the reason why you fall up under the scope of this Debbie De- Parent Punishment Act, the DPPA. Yes. But the problem is, is you could have gone to another state not uh, to avoid or become evasive of paying your child support obligation. You could have gone mm. there because for multiple reasons. Um could have gone there because you heard that there was some uh, employment opportunity there. You could have gone there because you had to uh, relocate due to uh, a family member's illness. Uh, or what, mm-hmm. what, it could be any one or a hundred reasons, but it's not something where you can honestly and truly and factually say 
those people are relocating with the intent of avoiding their obligation. And I said this before. You can write it on paper and put it as part of your policy, but you yet have to prove that factually because just as it has happened on numerous occasions with many of, of people, and they're still well, doing see, it. They're, well, let's you, see you know. what, what, what the callers may have to say about this. They might have some questions for you concerning, you know, this uh, issue. And I'll start with one um here at the first uh, area code of 910 and the last four digits of 0689 and caller do you have any comments or views or questions about what you're listening to uh about the deadbeat parent punishment act or the or, or the uh the uh you know, issues surrounding this uh, Debbie Punishment Act. Do you have any questions yeah. on this? Or? Go ahead. Uh, yes, I sure do. Um, I'm calling from North Carolina, and I'd like to ask Mr. Hales if he could um, possibly, uh, I'm, we're getting like a little bad reception, so maybe if he can get in a better location. Mm-hmm. And and um, my question is this. I heard Mr. Hales say that, uh, mentioned about a first offense, a second offense, and a third offense, and that there were penalties connected with each offense. Uh, it sounds to me that this is the same as a criminal. These, these offenses sound as if they're criminal offenses, and I was wondering if he could maybe address that. You know, are these criminal offenses or what? Yes, they are. Yes, they are criminal offenses. Uh, they will go on your criminal background they, and the arrears uh, from state to state. That You know you have the three major credit bureaus, so your arrears, depending on your state, some will go to uh, Experian and uh, the other ones can be reported to, you know, the other credit bureaus. Yes. Anything else that you want to say, caller? Do you have any other questions? Uh, no, not at this time. I'm just going to keep listening, and I'll unmute my phone if I if I do, though. Okay, thank you, thank you very much. Okay. And to the next okay. caller, and, oh, I, I, I do I, I do have one one I do have one final question. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, Mr. Right. Hales, no could problem. you explain how the Deadbeat Punishment Act came to be? Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act actually is a stem off of. Uh, another act that I did not touch on in the past. I don't like to, well, didn't want to feed too much information and keep everybody in, in a, uh, bottled up. But your, your Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act is actually a stem off from the Child Support Recovery Act of 92. And the reason for the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act was because your recovery act, your child support recovery act of '92, didn't have enough force behind it to remedy the uh, enforcement. It didn't support that that form of enforcement that they wanted to uh, hand out to the violators of the obligation to these obligors. So when they to remedy all of that, they came about with the uh, DPPA, the Deputy Parent Punishment Act. 
and they were able to get the uh, their form of enforcement uh, documented and get get it into policy. So then it will be able to produce the the proper form of enforcement that they wanted to have in place to go after child support arrears violators, which we all know is being obligors. Yes. The obligors, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else, caller, that you would like to say? Uh, No, that's, that's pretty much it. I'll just keep listening in. Thank you. All right. Well, I thank you very much for your comments. And I'm going to the next caller, which is 614, area code, and the last four digits of 6237. Caller, you are on the line. Um, Do you have any questions, comments, or views on the subject that we are talking about this evening? Hello, caller. Okay, we'll go on to the next. All right. To the caller of 757 area code 6255, you're on the air. Do you have anything that you would like to uh, uh, comment about or have a question concerning, you know, the issues surrounding what we are talking about this evening? No, not at this point. Okay. Um, So, therefore, Brother Alpha, um, where we are now is this. This policy that we are talking about, you know, why is it that we're looking for reform on this policy, what they call the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act? Well, first and foremost, we could start with the uh, the name of this act. You know, I was raised <laughs> to not call anyone out of their names, and I don't Ooh. find it fitting for uh, persons just for a uh, financial obligation to be called out of their names either. I agree. Uh, you, you, there is definitely something else you can call it, but that's, you know, a quick fix. The reason for the reform is to, first and foremost, get support enforcement to do their job. And mm-hmm. what I simply mean by that is those guys have to learn to recognize who they're working with by way of, the good guy versus the bad guy. If somebody yes. comes to you and simply say, I'm not paying squat, okay, duly note that, then yes. you deal with them accordingly and you were duly told. But the thing is, is that's not everybody. And you, yes. and the gauge that they are using and have always used uh, up under the DPPA, you know, not being able, not, not paying one to two years, five to $10,000, mm-hmm. and then throw you mm-hmm. in jail, six months on the first offense, uh, up to two years on the second offense. I mean, that's, yes. that's foolishness within itself because you can't tell me uh, that that's not a form. Now, I'm going to put it as nicely as I possibly can. Extortion is just what it is. You're going to okay. tell me either I pay for protection by paying my support order, and if I can't pay pay for this support then you're going to lock me up and just take me away from the bond that I have with my children. I say that I'm looking for a job, and you're not recognizing that. In in other words, are you people even hearing me? I'm the trying one. I'm trying to rectify this issue. But I'll do a step better if I come to you and ask you, uh, where can I go and apply for the job? Not go fishing, hoping to catch a fish, but where can I throw my hook in that 
uh, certain pond and guaranteed to hook the biggest fish I can get. In other words, show me where I can go to and obtain a job, a job where I can do what I need to do so I can get you people off my back. No, you can't do that because not only is it a conflict of interest, but it's also uh, known to be, and I want this duly noted, it is known to be that support enforcement is not a nice division to, to, to try to uh, work with. And I'm hearing it no, firsthand from I'm hearing it yes. from from firsthand from the people that has gone through this. Uh so it's not some fictitious story or some writing on the wall that you saw in the bathroom somewhere. <laughs> These people have come and told their stories and they have not been anything nice for any time. But they mm-hmm. can they can be rectified simply by way of starting internally some sensitivity training. That always uh, helps. That's a start. Well, you point. know what I said uh, about it. You definitely absolutely. know what I said it, about that. It's the it, 101. It, Put your shoes in 101. Another absolutely. That's right. And, th- you know? and, and, then, and then to go ahead and say, oh, okay. If you ask the question to these obligors, chances are they're going to answer you in one form or another. But the thing is, is how about just ask the obligors, in your perfect world, how would you want to go about fixing this? See, you're placing so many demands on these people, knowing that there's no way for them to rectify it, especially if they can't find jobs. So just ask them the question. So you will have a better form-fitted a conversation with them and know that you have a leg to stand on when you threw that when you put that question on the table now you have something to hold them accountable to because if I come and I tell you if you ask me that question I tell you well in my perfect world this is what I would like to do blah 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 then you can hold me accountable to that but you don't give me the opportunity to travel that route because the only thing that support enforcement sees is money, 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 and these are the demands that we're going to place on you to obtain this money. Now, if you don't pay us this money, this is what's going to happen to you according to this piece of policy. And so what if you go to jail up to two years? That's not a long time. Well, I, 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 I beg to differ. I like to swap shoes with you. Why don't you walk in my shoes for, uh, uh, you know, a little while and I walk in your shoes? And then you come back to me on the tail end and tell me how was that trip for that time frame that you was away from your children? How was uh, that trip to jail and you, that you spent in there internally going through, you know, dealing with all that filth? And you, you, you see what I'm saying? So it's one thing to do. It's one thing. It's another thing to tell it. Okay, so stop placing so many uh, demands on people when you already know that there's no way that they can go ahead and piece this thing together. Stop putting these unreasonable demands on everybody and work more effectively with us. Yes. Okay, well, we're going to go on a break, you know, and uh, take in what we have heard already And I'll be back after, you know, this nice music I'm going to play. And, you know, um, I'm going to open up the forum uh, for everyone to be able to pitch in when they need to have a question to to pose to you, Brother Al. And um, and see how they feel, and, and have a and have a full dialogue on this situation. So, but until then, I'll be right back. And if there's anybody out there listening, call in at the call in number of four 
347-884-8684. That number is 347-884-8684. And the guest call-in number is 877-483-3153. Again, that number is 877-483-3153. I'll be right back. Um, We're going to open up the forum so everyone can have a dialogue on this. And thank you, Brother Alpha. Uh, This is great, great uh, information. I'll be right back. Clear to me. 
All right. All right. We are back. Now, um, I'm going to open up the forum for us all here so that we can have this dialogue. I have on the line, if you are able to hear me, let me know you can hear me. Um, it's 910-0689, the last four digits of the telephone number. Are you there, caller? Hello? Caller? Uh, yes, I'm still on the line. I'm listening. Oh, okay, thank you, thank you. And Brother Alpha, are you online? Yes, I am. All right, now this is, I'm opening up the forum, you know, so that we can talk about, you know, the Debbie Punishment Act uh, according to uh, why we are doing it on election time. And Brother Alpha, I'm going to let you leave with that because that is the uh, prime reason for this show is to explain why are we doing this during election time. So explain that to us. Well, basically, we're in a kind of funny uh, pickle right now because you, you have Hillary Clinton, who's running for the top post in command right now, our commander-in-chief. She's running for that presidential uh, 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 piece right there for herself. And, yes. um you know, it, it, this stems back a while to another administration up under the name Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, the husband Bill. Yes. And um, we, I look at at this time frame with this being coming up election time, she has to make a separation from Bill's old policy up under the DPPA Act, which, you know, Brings brings in these uh, bad results uh, from this policy, so she has to make separation for herself with her campaigning team and uh, with the president himself talking prison reform. So he's working with uh, Hillary as well. How to mm-hmm. how they're looking to in, uh, go about reforming the prison population. Uh, but also at the same time get her name as far dis- as far disconnected from Bill's old policy as possible because so she- you so so you're saying that um, Hillary Clinton um, is trying to seem or or she's trying to uh, uh, look as though like she has nothing to do with what Bill her husband. President, the ex-president Bill Clinton did absolutely, in 1996 absolutely. when he uh, brought up and instilled the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act. And now that it's her time to go into office, uh, what we're doing is to get this out there uh, so that she can look at it or somebody from the officials looking at this Deadbeat Punishment Act because uh, and this day and time, it is not um, uh, user friendly, as to say. Yeah, well, she doesn't and want this to be held by. against her because see, she needs the votes in order to occupy that uh, capacity as being president. She doesn't mm-hmm. want this to be a thorn in her side that that will come back, 
you know, and 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 people hold it against her well, because that's of gonna, him. That's going to happen because number one, she's the second Clinton coming into office. I mean, she can't. She, I mean, she is. Well, you know, in marriage, that's what they know her to be as Bill Clinton's wife. So, you know, what he knows, she knows. How is that not going to affect her? Yeah, and that's pretty much how that plays itself out, and that's the reason why they're trying to make as much separation by between her and him and his bad policy and how they regulated the DPPA Act to go after these uh uh, obligors, because there was a well, much better way for it to have been done then, and there's still a much better way that it can be done now. It's just that mm-hmm. when you don't have the right heads with the right people that's involved with the right kind of ideals, you come up with the same stuff, which is nothing different than what you had all along, the same stuff. So nothing's really going to get done. That's how come from administration to administration to administration, they just keep passing the, the reform bill, uh, the, uh, not the bill, but the, these talks. They kept, keep talking a lot about it, but you recognize nothing uh, is true for say that's going to get done because it's just a lot of the talking because it's still going to come down to one mm-hmm. thing, money, money, money. And Absolutely. you still have so many people that has a vested interest in this issue. So they're going to look at, you know, well, wait a minute. I'm, uh, you mean to tell me I'm not going to be able to get my uh, uh, whatever it is that they have earmarked <laughs> to want to to want to purchase? But they have incentives that filters all throughout this venue, all over the place, and and, and the, the people there's just people that's been earmarked to just be able to uh, line their pockets, for say, off of the hardships of the masses that's going through this problem. And that's what's got to stop. And so we're going to the caller of 9100689. What you think about this uh this piece of the information that's coming out about Bill Clinton, uh what he had to do with the Debbie Parent Punishment Act and as well as Hillary Clinton who is now uh, running for office this election time, what do you think that needs to happen if it was you, uh, you know, uh, seeing another way that this can be amended? How how would you see this, caller? Well, um, you know, I see a great contradiction here because, you know, um, if Clinton, and in fact we know he was the author of all of the welfare reform and he signed off on the NAFTA agreement and all of that. I, I mean, this man has a record. His administration and he has a record of creating havoc um, throughout um, his presidential history uh, for poor people and um, in general and specifically uh, African-American people uh, specifically. Now, um, case in point, just, what, a couple months ago, or maybe a month and a half ago, uh, former President Clinton came out and made a national apology, saying that with the um, with, what is it, the, the violent violent um, what was that what was that act called? It was the it had some the crime and violent crime act, and this violent okay. crime act has sent more African American men 
and women to prison for felonies for charges that weren't even you know they were they were they were they were um non violent felonies, but because of that crime act that he passed and 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 he did it very enthusiastically and if you go online and search for it, you can find a photograph of while he was in the process of signing off on that act, going through the celebratory motions, Hillary yes. Clinton is sitting off to the side and she's applauding. You know, okay. but then he That's comes what... back just a month and a half to two months ago and says, oh, we went too far with that violent crime bill, and, 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 and we didn't intend to send, you know, the scores and scores of masses of people to prison. But I beg to differ because of the fact he has access to all of the research information with regard to um, poor people people of color, and black people specifically. So he knew what the results was going to be once he signed off on that Violent Crime Act and, and, and it became, uh, you know, a matter of law. He, full, he had full knowledge of what he was doing. But to come back later, these many years later, after he was out of office and then issue an apology, I don't accept his apology because his apology is rhetoric and, it, and, and it's empty and it's meaningless. These people that are in prison now should have never been placed in prison anyway. We have huge, massive uh, incarceration numbers amongst the African-American community. And men and women should not be incarcerated because of this bogus uh, uh, piece of legislation that he signed. And so his his apology it's, it it carries no weight at all. But what it does do is it slaps African it slaps every African American man and woman and poor people. It slaps them in the face because it's an okay. insult upon our intelligence, and we just can't okay. stand for this and tolerate this any longer. My second point is that Hillary Clinton being being his wife, okay, she also had full knowledge of what this bill consisted of and the negative impact that it was going to have and continue to have on the you know on you know on society specifically African American people and people of color and now she you know is running for office and claims you know to you know that she's going to reverse this and reverse that Again, I have to say, you knew back when your husband was president the impact that this legislation was going to have, especially on African-American people, and you did nothing then to uh, have it repealed or to have it retabled and rediscussed, you know, in Congress. She went along with it. These people okay, have so access to some of the most best re methods of research, statistics, and so, you know, with total disregard for the impact that that piece of legislation has had, how can you now come back and claim that you, you know, that black lives matter? If black lives mattered, that it would have, black lives would have mattered back during his presidency. So okay, it, now let me 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 let me
Let me interject okay. Thank here. You. Are you are you saying that you know the act that you are speaking of that yes. uh, ultimately started the ball rolling, putting uh, African Americans in to be incarcerated in jail, was also enveloped with the deadbeat parent punishment act, and because. Hillary Clinton is now uh, running for president. She knew all of these things that was oncoming, even if she was not at the time running for office, it was being talked about in the House, outside of, you know, the public eye, you know, in the in, in, behind closed doors. And this particular act and other uh, alpha come in as necessary to help me to, uh, just in case it's not correct, but I need to put this out here, that this whole Debbie Peer Punishment Act plus the act that violated all African Americans, as I am listening to, is all uh, pointed in the direction to uh, harm the African American and poor communities. This is what you're saying, and Hillary knows about this. And so she's not going to be excused, even though she's trying to say she doesn't have anything to do with that. She's going to do something different. But yet they have not reviewed this Debbie Parent Punishment Act, nor the act that you speak about. Is that where where are you going with this? Exactly. Now, I'm not sure which one came first in terms of, um, you know, pieces of legislation during his administration. But uh, I know for a fact that the that the anti crime the, the the crime the 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 violent crime act was signed and put into effect during the Clinton administration. And Alpha, she, what do you got to say about and she, that? And Hillary Clinton had full knowledge of it. I don't know which one was signed first or second, but. They both occurred on his watch and under the stroke of his pen. And that's Brother a good Alpha. case in point, but it's not. It's nor here nor there because they, they cater to two different venues. The DPPA Act is not uh, anything to do with the Violent Crime Act. That's just for your child support, okay? But the thing is, is that since they're not color toned or color marked or what have you. What happens in the black community also happened in the white community, the Hispanic community, or anybody's community. It's just that there was more of an impact as it happening to uh, our black communities because of lesser resources. Anything that we can finger point to will come back to um, by way of impact how – it brought more of a demise to the black community because of resource, lack of resources, uh, and lack of resources mainly by way of lack of income, lack of income by way of lack of opportunity. But since when, so when we go and we look at all of these newly, so-called newly job creations and what have you. We have no idea, at least I don't. I can't tell you how many uh, black people have been uh, gainfully employed to this point versus how many white people or or uh, 
uh, Hispanic uh, people or what have you. I can't tell you that. I don't have a number for you. All I know is that whatever number it is is still a fictitious number. What I can help you with is when I say lack of opportunity and resources, I can further the conversation by way of rightfully saying that that bogus number, the unemployment rate, is not what they say it is because you have to factor in the true number of the non-participant applicants that are no longer even, you know, looking for jobs because they have given up. Now, you factor those people back into that uh, uh, unemployment market and watch your uh, unemployment rate skyrocket to its true number. So what I'm saying here is the government, they play this role of how we're going to keep you in check, do what we say, not as we do. We're going to keep you in check, and if we get any violators against our rule, then this is what's going to happen to you because we can lock you up. It's a senseless uh piece of policy, I mean, to lock people up because they don't have the resources uh, and the ability to pay something. And I say it's senseless, and it always has been, because it's, it's more punishment than anything else. But they're not going to tell you that. But this, but this is the deal, Sister Wendy. If you can lock somebody up for not being able to pay their child support, then what about all of those people that simply said, you know what, I'm no longer going to pay my student loan. I'm not even no longer going to pay for my house, and they better not take it. I'm not even going to pay for this car, and I dare for them to come and get it. You know, stuff like that. None of those, even the IRS, IRS of all people, but you won't lock, you see, you can't lock none of those folk up, but you can come and say that you're going to lock up parents because they're not paying child support. And these are and these are your government officials. These are your government leaders that comes up, that conjures up this foolishness. Well, you know, let's 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 go back here and uh, look back at some of this. Okay, so we're here at election time, trying to have this dialogue about the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act and also those acts back in the day that had to do with violations and, you know, the uh, the Recovery Act of 1992. However, any none of these have really uh, gained any respect for the, uh, the African-American, um, better yet, for anybody that's in the era of paying child support. And what are we going to do to bring about the change to get the obligors, well, not the obligors, but the uh, officials to do something about this. How are we going to go about doing this? Because, see, now we have to act during election time to get child support uh, issues out there that is clearly, at this point, is now a, a need. Now, it's not a desire. It's a need for this issue to be looked at, how are we going to handle this, Brother Alpha? And, what I've been, uh, yes, go and my brother, if you if you have anything that you might have to uh, bring to the table, have something to say on it because it's very important at this particular time. We're trying to get it out there so that uh, someone will pay attention to this. Brother Alpha? 
what I've been doing is working, you know, my, my cases one-to-one, my one-on-ones. And, uh, you know, the empowerment starts within the person. I mean, if if you can help me to help you, then we can work together and possibly make the diff- the necessary difference. It's tough to go ahead and do all the work for somebody. And uh, it, it just shows me that you would like this done, but you want me to do everything, so therefore you don't really have to get involved. No, yeah. you really do have to get involved because as I as I help you to fix yours, we need to now couple together so we can help fix someone else. Right. Okay? And that's how we do that. And then on a collaboration piece, see, people have to understand we're not attacking anyone. We're not even trying to fight with anyone. Are there deadbeats uh, out there using their term <laughs> until we find a, a new, more suitable term? But are there mm-hmm. those types of uh, parents out there? Yes, mm-hmm. and there probably always will be. But mm-hmm. that's where the identification flags has to go up to identify exactly who is who so you know how to work with uh, certain people more effectively. Because right now the only way that they're working with the obligors that has arrears is you're just putting everybody together all in one big dump and, you know, you're just treating them according to the way that you say that you can treat them, you know, according to your uh, your, 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 your laws. So, yes. so the thing is is that we know we have to have laws in place to regulate any venue. We know that. But it's the way that you implement those laws. See, everybody is not a, a, that deadbeat. Therefore, those tools should not be your first primary focal point to say how we're going to destroy and tear down and ruin this obligor's life. Uh, Stop putting all of our obligors in a form of uh, disability. You're you're disabling others. What, What we need is we need to come off life support and get back amongst the living. That meaning that when my mind is right, my heart is right, I'll be right. And therefore, yeah. I won't have to worry about how how bad I want to go and beat up on that custodial parent or, you know, just kill my kids or what have you. See, a lot of that which stems from, all this drama stems from people walking around with the inability to pay uh, an unjust obligation. And I use that term for the mere fact that just like your regular bill, after seven years, most companies will write it off. And it's also against the law for them for third-party collections to come in and buy back old uh, debt <laughs> to revive it <laughs> so you can pay for it. But once it's written off, it's written off, and everything is finalized on the books. So child support is one of those uh, debts where they say, well, we're not going to write this off. But, see, that's contrary to some of the other information that's processed in, in various areas. Some states will say, well, we'll write off a portion if y'all agree to it, or we'll write off the state side of the debt, or, you know, we'll write off even all of it, depending on your situation and circumstances. But then you have some other states that are just hardcore, and they're not trying to budge. They're not writing off not even one red cent. No matter how down and out 
the obligor may be. And those are those type of cases that we have to find, we have to locate them, and we have to uh, shed light on them that why take that obligor who's barely uh, having a place to stay and barely having, uh, you know, a, a, a meal from day to day, but you want to take them and put uh, put them out on a uh, park bench and go begging for crumbs. You know, we're supposed to be in a country where, you know, we're supposed to be a little bit better than these third world countries or what have you. I don't see a whole lot of that going on. I I, I can still walk around and see uh, homeless people. I can still walk around and see uh, children that's not really, you know, dressed accordingly and what I can, I see a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of fix it right now issues that's on the table. And that starts at home. A parent can be more effective when you can hold them accountable by expectation and not by demand. See, my parents did not have to place demands on me because they taught me you know what protocol was. Now if you don't, without the demands and what have you, you didn't have all of these unnecessary expectations. You gave, you showed, you told me what protocol was. Now it's up to me to put it in play, and I'm going to tweak it as I go along, so I can make a fitted playbook that works effective for myself. And you know, my siblings did the very same. Uh, I'm actually, I'm the only one in my entire family with my siblings that has gone through this ordeal. And guess what? More so than not, there's so many people that can attest to, you know, agree with you to say, hey, listen, I'm one of the nice, I'm one of the nice guys. I will do right providing that you just leave me alone and give me what I need to, you know, work out what I have to work out. And that's the same thing with so many obligors, men and women. If you stop badgering them and give them the tools that they need to hash this thing out, they will hash it out because, again, they are the nice people. They're the ones that knows what to do. They just lack the tools to do it with. So until you can provide me with the necessary tools to take care of this Mm -hmm. obligation, you need to Mm -hmm. get off my back and leave me the heck alone and just let it be that. And then when we get to the meeting table, Sister Wendy, and we can sit down and derive to a, 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 a workable, doable, feasible plan that works, that works for me, it works for you guys, everybody's happy. You see what I'm saying? But you right. can you have not sat down with me. You have not talked to me about drafting up anything that works because you're too busy placing your demands on me, which I cannot meet. So there's your well, problem in a nutshell. And how do we get around that? Well, we have a lot of, well, you know something, Sister Wendy. Um, I've been drafting up. Uh, 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 some promising, very promising proposals that we can get to a happy medium on a whole lot of issues, a whole lot of them, where 
Black lives are matter. Blue lives are matter. Mm-hmm. Community lives mm-hmm. are matter. Green lives, yellow lives, everybody's lives are matter. Hell, we'll learn to exist here on one accord together because right. everybody will have their say and have their play. You know, it's too much separation that continues to be focused on the reason why we will continue to have too many indifferences. There's not enough people that wants to come together on anything. And, and, and let me just share this with you. I spoke to an executive director of a, another nonprofit, and, and, and I, I hear where he was coming from. He's, a, he's part of a men's group and what have you. They're diehards. They're very thorough. They hate not just the women. They hate every doggone body. But I hear where he was coming from. But the deal is, Sister Wendy, is that this is no longer just a men's problem. This is also a women's problem. And truth be told, Absolutely. If, and truth be told, we need more of the women, more so now than ever before, to help rectify this issue. Because let me tell you why: when they when they installed the DPPA Act, they had it good, they had it genuine. They knew that they was going after every what they call deadbeat under the sun, which mainly were men. Right. But if the women comes to the light right now, today, and say, "Leave him alone. He's a good guy. He's." Back in our lives, and he's doing right by his kids and the family. We don't need the money. We're living okay, and what have you. The states have no other choice but to relinquish that file, sign off on it, zero it out, boom. It should be a wrap. But you have so many states that will go ahead and say, we ain't writing off nothing. I don't care what that woman said. And That's that right. And that right there... And that right there is a problem because they still respect the rights of the parents, what they want to do. It is not in their power to hold them as as in captivity so to keep money rolling through that system and not give them the opportunity to work it out for themselves because we got people in Scandinavia, you know, that you don't have this rule, and they're living peaceful. They got money. You know what I'm saying? And they don't have problems with the uh, judicial system the way we have it here. And they respect the parents' uh, 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 decisions on how they want to conduct business with their own families and children, you know? And here it needs to be also induced, to be induced here. The Scandinavian is the most successful country, you know, in this area than any part of, you know, uh, the United States that I know of, they're very successful. At some point in time, I'm going to break it down and show you the child support hustle. It's a new dance that we came up with. I'm going to show it to you. <laughs> but, um, but, the, but the thing I is, mean, but you know, Wendy, But that's the truth, though. I mean, but you're telling the truth in that area. I mean, the whole thing that we're talking about is a truth. We just want, the, you know, the, the corporate to realize that once at one point in time they had a really great ideal. Now the great ideal is starting yes, they, to have a flat tire yeah. and they yes. need to, you know, pump up the tire and get back to the reason why they the reason started. Why. Absolutely. Right, the reason why they started, you know, uh this 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 uh act in the first place and get back to the principles of it and stop overdoing what they are doing to uh have everybody enveloped in this process where everybody is now uh underneath the thumb 
and there we know that decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parents should not be a part of that uh, act that is available or that is there now at this time. They need to go back to the principles of why they started this act in the first place. I have a question for you. Focus. I have a question for you and, and, sure. and the gentleman on the line, and y'all can answer it any which way okay. you, you'd like to. Now, with the prison reform, which the president sat down and started talking about and what have you, it all sounds good. It even looks good on paper. But to empty the jail cells for on first-time nonviolent offenders, drug offenders, to empty those jail cells... Who are they planning on filling the jails up with to replace the money that they're not going to continue to receive off of those uh, people that they're getting ready to release? Because I, 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 I honestly don't, I honestly don't see uh, the jails emptying out to that degree where those cells are just going to remain empty and what have you because every cell empty is a dollar that's not made on their end. So uh, uh, my question, once again, is who are they going to use to uh, fill up those empty jail cells? Well, do you want to go first caller of the area code of 910, last digits of 0689? Uh, yes, um, I think that because of the privatization uh, of the prison system, which is what we call and refer to as the prison industrial complex, that um, that they're going to continue building these prisons because it's another form of profit uh, for the for uh, the states within the United States, and so anything that's automatically and directly connected with profit, and we're talking huge profits. Um, they're going to continue to build these facilities and they're going to continue the process of mass incarceration because they have no need to stop. So it's going to take, uh, and and whatever the reason for the incarceration, whether it's child support or whether it's uh, acts of violence or whether it's uh, low-level drug offenses, it doesn't really matter because the main goal and mission of the current system of what I refer to as being injustice, they're going to just lock people of color up. They're going to continue that same pattern and same process because the bottom line is it's connected to money. Well, I'll rest my case on that one, Brother uh, Alpha, um, because basically um, that's exactly what's happening. They're going to, whether it's the little children, shoot, they got a bed before they get grown there. And, you know, and it's targeted also in the area of education. So if no one gets educated, then they go straight to the bed that they have built to uh, earn them money because that's what will happen. And it's, to me, another uh, servitude of of a slavery system, um, which violates the Constitution again, you know. So as far as I'm concerned, um, no matter where the incarceration is going to begin, as you said before, Brother Alpha, the end result is the means to the ends of getting the dollar bills. And if they don't care who uh, uh, ends up there, but 
that's what's going to happen when you end up there is to make money off of you. Well, one group that I can definitely identify, because it all sounds like, uh, you know, with this systemic uh, uh, proposition that has always been on the table and they're only bettering it for themselves as the days go on, uh, child support is is definitely uh, a venue that I can, you know, put my finger on and say, well, here's identifiable population that they're definitely going to continue to, you know, filter down through the uh, the jail system. See, the one thing about child support, unlike any other arrest, you get arrested for DWI, you get arrested for drugs, what have you, you know, you may get a PTA, you may go and uh, get a bail bondsman or what have you, and they'll knock off, knock it down, you pay 10% or what have you. Child support, you have to come in with a cash bond. So if you don't have two cents to rub together, guess what? You're going to be there for a little bit longer. So the payout on that is going to be. the thing that we're saying. It's so the, the same so the payout thing we're on saying. They're going, they're, they're going downhill. They ain't got two pennies to rub together. They're going to make money off of you one way Absolutely. or the other. And it's Absolutely. a sad deal. And that is what we want to try to bring as a focus that mass incarceration at the level of where we are talking about, it has to end. And the Deadbeat Punishment Act is no more, you know, uh, focused on the principle of why they brought that policy or that act into uh, existence. So now uh, we, and we could talk about it all day, but until we can find the uh, the demonstrations, we need demonstrations, we need people that were, are not afraid to stand up and speak up and speak out against the mass incarceration that this DTD, this Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act is is uh, imposing itself on, you know, the individuals that have to pay child support. And and really in all the area of uh, incarceration, in every area, it needs to stop because, as the gentleman has said before, and getting back to the question that you asked, it doesn't matter where this go, uh, where it, uh, or who is going to be a part of this, but the building of those prison systems, privatized prison systems, is going to definitely, uh, they don't care who you are, you can be a kid, they got a bed waiting for you on every area, in every area of your life, whether it's the child support, whether it's the education system, whether it's the stealing, the drugs, or anything, they know that that's the big moneymaker in this day and time, and that we do have to uh, find a way to stop that. One thing I want to touch on, Sister Wendy, and I tried to hold my peace with this, but it keeps resurfacing from time to time. Well, resurfacing. You, you, you see, I've always been one to try to, you know, keep my composure under wraps as best as possible, but when it's ready to jump off, it's going to go somewhere. And this is when, you know, people say, oh, you're starting to hit below the belt. Sometimes I, I get that way. Well, you got to. <laughs> but, Sometimes but, but, you got but to. But this is where I'm at. This is this is my 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 take on this whole thing. Like I was saying, stop badgering people 
if you don't have a, a, a solution to help them rectify it, to make it better for themselves, because the, the results on the tail end is not going to be nothing nice. So this is the deal. So-called, well, government, they, from, from, from month to month, they always want to sell us on these uh, fictitious members of new job creation. You created so many jobs, so so you so so you say that there should be enough jobs to go into these third world countries since you created so many jobs. Ha ha. But listen, why is it that since you say you created so many jobs, why is it that so many people have dropped out of the job search? Okay, and secondly. Where were the earmarked jobs primarily set aside just for obligors since you know what kind of strain these parents are under? So you know between the uh, obstacles that these parents have to go through and you know the, the criminal background the the um credit bureau checks and you know all that foolishness you know that these obstacles are set as hindrances and roadblocks so you really sat back all along and this being the setup that everyone is in at this particular point in time you said you said you set us up from the beginning of time all along, and you knew that. And that's, again, the reason why Hillary is trying to do such a bang-up, bang-out job separating herself from all that bad policy that her husband signed off on back in his heyday through his administration. That's how come I agree with the brother when he says that uh, Bill's apologies are airless. Okay, they're airless. Yeah. They, they, they're meaningless. They don't mean jack. They don't mean squat. Because at the end of the day, an obligor that came out of the uh, job search, they gave up because they've exhausted themselves, meaning they they ran out of the finances to go ahead and go from place to place maybe getting an interview here and there, but still not uh, getting a job offer. They've exhausted themselves. Uh, they don't have any monies to go ahead and pay anybody to take them around. They can't even take a bus or a cat. You see what I'm saying? Or if a job, uh, even if they get a job offer, that job could be an hour and a half, two hours away from where they live. So it still didn't amount to anything. So there were certain jobs that should have been created just for obligors so then they can, you know, get back in that job market and get over these hurdles a lot easier. You know, in other words, they did not prepare and make anything uh, to allow these obligors to become marketable you know, through all of this downtime when everybody was out of work and what have you. No, Sister Wendy, they did not do anything to work on this project. They knew, they know it exists, but 
these people at the hierarchy of government sits back, get fat, and laugh, and they feel as though, hey, every issue is a pressing issue, but we're going to take the lesser of the lesser of the pressures, the the, the ones, you, you you know what I'm saying? So, child support could be a maximum maximum pressurized issue, but we ain't gonna touch that. We'll just touch okay. uh, we'll just touch the issues on. Eh, we'll say employment because that's that's okay. more user friendly to us. <laughs> okay, brother brother Alpha, um, we're almost pressed for a small bit of time here, and um, I want to ask this question to the both of you, um, brother Alpha. We got how 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 would you go about helping to to resolve this issue? We only got a small bit of minutes left, and I want to know what what do you have to offer, you know, to the to the uh to the listeners that may hear you on a subject like this what what can you do to resolve an issue like this what i've been doing sister wendy is when i receive my calls my texts my emails whatever my contacting uh my clients back i work with them like i say one to one and uh give them some information that they can actually walk right into their uh, the, their respective courts and put this information on the table to show the magistrates and support enforcement that, hey, I am a good person, here's my references and what have you, um, these are my job searches that I've conducted. I work with them in that form to show uh, these these guys on the opposite side that at least my clients are making a diligent go at this thing by way of I may not have a job, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. the best I can with what I have to work with, and that's not much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And my brother at 910, last four digits of 0689, what would you have to tell the listeners uh, that has listened to this program from your point of view? How would you go about this? Well, I, I think what I would have to do is because we have to have some process and means of cohesiveness and unity, uh, I would recommend and highly suggest to, uh, you know, to all that are listening that they contact this brother, uh, Brother Al Hales, and get in Absolutely. contact with him and his organization and let his organization, you know, work with you and work, you know, work through whatever your uh, specific and individual, you know, situation is. And um, because he's one of the few people that I believe that's out here now that are, you know, that have a plan, and it's not just a plan uh, of, you know, it's not just it's not just a vision or a dream, it's an actual plan. Yes. So I would, I would recommend and yes. suggest that, you know, people that are listening get in contact with him and his organization uh, for more information. And, be, and And not only that, but also become an advocate, become Absolutely. an advocate. And that means to support this brother and the program that he, and the organization that he has put together. Advocacy needs, you know, there's got to be advocacy. There's got to be sustainment of effort. And mm -hmm. these things are not going to change overnight. But if we get involved and become committed and stay committed and volunteer our time and whatever 
uh, capacity and way that we uh, have skill sets in, that is where we begin to make a difference. I appreciate you very, very much, caller, for that information and for that uh, compliment, too, because, yes, Brother Alpha and his organization has put great effort into uh, helping people and educating people on what to do to help themselves. And, Brother Alpha, can you give information on how that they can uh, contact you and communicate with you? The, the best way to reach me immediately, 860-913-6516. Or you can go to uh, your email, Family First International, all spelled out, one word, at gmail.com. So that's Family First International at gmail.com. Or you can go to our webpage, www.familyfirst.com. Okay, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time being on the radio. This concludes Lardy Miss Party and Company on Blog Talk Radio. We have had a wonderful time uh, talking about this subject. Please come back and see us again uh, next Thursday at 730 Pacific Time. I mean, excuse me, Eastern Standard Time and 4.30 uh, Pacific Time, and uh, we will talk more on It's Our Business to Tell Your Business and Child Support News. And if there's anyone out there that has a problem with depression from, you know, going through hardships like this, go to National Alliance on Mental Illness at NAMI.org. There your problem can be solved also. We will see you again. Have an awesome evening and blessings to all. And thank you for listening in on this program tonight. Good night. Mm -hmm.